Hello and welcome to Behind the Bearcat. This is the podcast where the Northwest Missouri State University Career Services Office chats with Northwest faculty, staff, students, alumni, and friends to hear about their career journeys, how they got to where they are, and how they became Bearcats. I'm Northwest Internship Coordinator Travis Klein. And I'm Hannah Christian, the Assistant Director of Career Services. On today's show, we have one of our very own career ambassadors. She's a senior from Iowa, and she is going to be graduating this spring with a degree in political science with an emphasis in public administration. Please welcome Grace McCarty. Welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is my first podcast. This is kind of cool. Hopefully the first of many. Yeah. Well, welcome, Grace. Of course, you you work in the office here with us. Could you talk about how long you've been a career ambassador? Kind of tell us about your experiences that you've had this semester. Yeah. So I just started in this office this semester, so January, and I definitely wish I would have gotten in my foot in this office earlier. Kind of this is like the dream office to work for because not every day is the same. I feel like I've personally benefited from working here just because I'm now making connections. I know how to make my own resume. I know how to critique a resume. I know how to like job search, who to find, and so many connections now I feel like on campus. So yeah, this has been an awesome gig and I wish I would have started it earlier. What caused you to apply for it? I mean, okay, so like I'm thinking off the top of my head, like you're going to be graduating this semester. What were you thinking applying for a job for the last semester? Like what caused you to want to apply for it? Well, I had friends actually who were career ambassadors before me and I've only heard excellent things about you guys, this position, and then what you kind of got out of it. So I think my approach as a senior applying for this job was I could really benefit from knowing a lot of this stuff before I enter the workforce and might as well as my last semester, might as well see what I could get involved with. And you were already pretty involved in campus. So why don't you tell us about some of the other stuff you're involved with uh, here at Northwest? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm currently a senior class representative for student Senate. I've been involved with Senate all four years. This year, I'm also a civic service co-vice chair, I guess you could say. And so within that committee, we're the committee that plans the blood drive on campus. We are currently also refilling all the mask dispensers. And we also just recently put on the coat drive for the cold weather that kind of hit us hard. So within that, I have plenty to do with Senate. Um, and I'm also on cabinet. So I really get my hands in all things on, on this campus. I'm also involved with pre-law society. Um, I'm a member within that just within my workings or within my degree. Let's see what else I'm involved with. That's kind of, that's kind of it the, at this time. Let's work our way backwards, (laughs) and then we'll come back to the present day. Why did you want to be a political science major? Well, I kind of had a pivot in high school where I was going to come into school studying pre-physical therapy. And boy, did I take a complete turn from that. I realized after some shadowing in high school, I was like, maybe I don't want to do this. And then I took a criminal justice class my senior year and I loved it and I kind of excelled in it. And I was like, I could really do something with this. And it kind of aligned with my personal values. So it kind of just fell in my lap. And that's where I've been ever since. You came into Northwest with a political science major then, right? Yeah. And political science is kind of, I mean, obviously when you want to get into law, which is what I would like to do, you can kind of take any path, but political science just kind of makes sense because it's under that pre-law umbrella. Why did you choose Northwest? I actually was going to come here to play volleyball and then ended up having a knee injury. 
and just kind of came time. I was like, I don't really know if I can do this with my health um, anymore. So I still ended up here. I had some older friends of mine from high school that had come here and Eastern Iowa is not heavily recruited for Northwest compared to like Des Moines area um, or obviously Omaha. So it was kind of unique that I ended up here just because I had not really heard many people from my area attending Northwest. Did you look at any other schools? I did. I looked at a couple Iowa schools. I looked at a couple out of state schools for volleyball, but still ended up in Northwest. So coming in as a political science major, so knowing that you wanted to do that, did you run for class uh, representative then uh, as a freshman, uh, knowing that you wanted to be involved in, you know, governmental things? Yeah, I did actually freshman year. My peer advisor at the time was Sam Spencer and he was involved in student Senate and he kind of put a bug in my ear. Like, you know, you should run for Senate. And I'm like, in high school, I was on it for one year and that was it. So I kind of think the irony of me now making class president a couple of times has been super funny. Uh, that I've gotten to this point, but yeah, it was kind of my intention to get involved in student government just with my hopeful career. Was it what you expected it to be? I know, uh, you know, high school student council is, is a whole different beast than student Senate at the university level. We had Kyrell Jones, who's the president of student Senate right now on earlier in this season. And, you know, he kind of talked about some of the things that, that you all do. Was it what you expected it to be when you ran for it that first year? I will say it was more than I expected to be in a good way. I didn't realize like how actually impactful and how much Senate actually has a say in things on this university and this campus. So if anything, I got more than what I bargained for. And I'm super thankful for that by joining Senate. What political science class have you liked the most? I'm gonna have to go with my political theory classes. Dr. Campbell teaches a couple of those. So I just had um, world political ideas with him. And then I had a political theory class when I was a sophomore, I believe. But those are kind of your unconventional classes that you don't think of with political science. Of course, you have like public policy, constitutional law and stuff like that. But this is pretty out of the norms of things I've experienced at Northwest. The material and just the conversation and just the approach to classes, totally different. And I really, really liked it a lot. Let's go back to young Grace. What was your very first paid job? I was a hostess at a new restaurant slash brewery where I'm in my hometown. That was my first paid job. I was 16, I want to say. So I just obviously been able to drive. Yeah, that was my first gig. Did you know someone who worked there or how did you go about getting that job? Yes, I had a couple of girlfriends in high school who all worked there and they were like, I love my job. They got to be social on the job. Um, and I was like, I just had a surgery. So I was like, you know, I kind of have nothing to do right now. And I could kind of use some money. So me being also a foodie, it was like the best job I could have for, for 16. What did you learn being a hostess? Plenty of customer service skills, uh, how to learn how to deal with any customer who came in the door and their requests for seating and just their experience at that uh, restaurant. I had to learn how to be adaptable in a quick, fast-paced environment. Anyone who's worked in the restaurant industry knows every day is different than the last. There's always something that is needing to be done or needs your attention. I think I learned a lot of time management and uh, prioritizing skills from that job. All things that have probably helped you in college too. Oh, yeah. 
Did you have any other jobs? I did. I did that during um, high school. And then I had a part-time gig in the mornings where I worked at this barn, a horse barn down the road. Um, I used to show horses. So that was kind of a early, early, early morning, a couple hour job. I did it probably for half of a year. And that taught me a lot of hardworking, like a hardworking ethic was instilled after that. That was a getting up early in the morning. <laughs> yes. Not too many high schoolers can say they were getting up at 5am to go work. Have you worked at all anywhere else besides being a career ambassador while you've been here? Yeah, I did an internship with Five Hour Energy out of Kansas City. So I was a campus ambassador with their company. And that was pretty fun because I kind of just got to give out free stuff to students all day. And who doesn't love free stuff as a college student? What else? I worked at a, in the summers, I kind of went home and worked at another restaurant. And then I nannied also. How did you find that five hour energy internship? Actually, someone who was a career ambassador and a friend of mine kind of was like, Hey, this is opening up. Once I graduate, you should apply for it. And lo and behold, the, uh, actually my boss was a Northwest grad. So that was super helpful anyways. And he usually does not even come to Northwest with five hour energy, but because he was a graduate and alumni knew kind of what Northwest could do for the company, we kind of were piloting it out for a couple of years here. So I had a student come in here a couple of days ago, actually, who was trying to decide between a couple of different majors and political science was one of her choices. If I'm a younger student, maybe a freshman, and I'm, I'm undecided, but I'm thinking about choosing political science. What advice would you give me as far as, you know, my interests or, or the coursework or how would you help me decide? Well, great question. I would say I would look end of, at the end of the picture. If you have an interest in working on a campaign, absolutely political science. If you want to go to law school, I think it's a great path, but with law school, you can study just about anything and still end up there. So I'd kind of ask them at the end of the day, what do they want to be doing? And how would political science help them get there? I think what you get out of political science is pretty broad. You're also with law. You're also doing some theory classes, some humanitarian classes. So I would have to ask them a lot of what their interests are, because a lot of the classes, there are so many classes you can choose what you're most interested in and kind of what path you want to go into with political science. So for example, I came in as a global affairs emphasis before I was public administration. And that was just because I wanted to do international uh, law. I still have an, I studied abroad. So it kind of was most tailored to my interest. And I ended up switching to public administration just because the work I want to do someday kind of just would look better with a public administration emphasis. So there are many routes you can do in poli-sci. But at the end of the day, what do you want to do? Talk to me about the study abroad experience. Where did you go? What did you learn? So I was in Amsterdam in the Netherlands. One of the coolest cities I've ever been to, one of my most diverse cities I've ever been to. I was studying political science there. So I was studying at the University of Amsterdam, and that was already a renowned university, but I couldn't believe the material I got my hands on, the instructors I had. Um, It was probably one of the coolest experiences of my life. I unfortunately was cut short because of COVID. So I got sent home after short of three months of being there, um, just when I was getting my life started. And I met the coolest people, got to travel a little bit while I was there. But 
some classes I took were the contemporary Dutch social policy class. So that was super fascinating to study how their policies and laws came into place, what that means, how that differs from other systems of government. I was in a gender and sexuality class, which that's pretty unique because it's not really offered. I mean, it's offered at Northwest, but the degree of material that is offered at Northwest is obviously going to differ from such a liberal city. It's Amsterdam. Amsterdam. (laughs) Exactly. I'm looking to get back there. I would love to end up in Amsterdam someday, studying, living there again. Highly, highly recommend to anyone looking to study abroad. I'm assuming since it was Amsterdam, probably a lot of people spoke English. Mm-hmm. Did you did you learn some Dutch? Yeah, I actually took a Dutch language class because I thought, what better way to integrate yourself into their culture? But they're very proficient in English. I never really once had a language barrier. Of course, you had students from just about every country there studying. So that was a different experience in itself. But yeah, um, learning Dutch was great. I still kind of know a couple of pieces here and there, kind of haven't kept up on my Duolingo to (laughs) practice my Dutch since I've been gone, but I'm glad I learned some Dutch while I'm there. So let's fast forward back to where you are now. What do you want to do when you graduate? So if you would ask me this question six months ago, I would have told you I'm applying to law school during my senior year, and I will be attending law school in the fall. But things have since changed in typical 2020 slash 2021 fashion. And I've recently decided I'm going to take a year off. So gap year before applying for law school, I want to practice law, I would love to practice international law while that's living abroad and practicing um, for a firm that's from the US, we're actually practicing international law. What do people who do international law do? I'm very not familiar with that. Again, international law is super broad. So it could be you are studying comparative government and you are working for the UN, let's say, where you're uh, an ambassador for the US in another country, where you work at the US embassy. There are so many routes you can do with international law. My hope would just be to work for a firm that's global um, so that I could be working abroad and kind of being that liaison between the US and then that country I'm in. Ah, oh, that's very cool. So I'm interested in your gap year because when, when I hear students say gap year, I get the picture of someone, you know, discovering themselves by backpacking across Europe or something like that. Is that is that what you plan or is your gap year going to look different than that? I wouldn't be mad if I was backpacking across Europe. Yeah, that doesn't sound bad to me at all. I'm kind of, yeah, it's kind of on my list, but we'll see with COVID how that ends up. No, I just, I think law school is such an investment. Time and money. I know it's what I want to do, but how I'm going to get there is going to be a little bit different from the path. I kind of actually stumbled across some numbers for students entering law school. And it's like 80% of students in law school take a gap year or two plus years in between undergrad and law school. And I was kind of like, why am I rushed in this process? It's a huge decision. And I just did however many years of school, why not take a break? So it's kind of been a realization that I'm like, you know what, this might be really good for me. I would love to travel because I'm not really gonna have that time during law school to travel or after. I would love to do an internship or honestly something not related to what I want to do. So maybe that's like volunteering at a nonprofit. I would love to get involved with in this meantime, kind of open to just about anything. An internship would be great this summer. So then I could study for the LSAT in the fall and then maybe travel after. I don't know. I might be finding myself in Europe backpacking. So (laughs) who knows? Yeah. Like volunteering with Greenpeace. That'd look great on a law school application. Oh, yeah. (laughs) 
so many avenues. You say if you would have asked me six months ago, I would have had a different plan. And I think you've just done all of this work to graduate from college. And it feels like a lot of pressure right out of college to be like, I got to get that highest paying job. I got to get that, you know, the best job. But to be honest, like sometimes, especially the last couple of years have been super stressful. You need a little bit of a break. And I kind of felt like I did everything I think I was supposed to do and how I should have done it. I really did a lot in my four years, which I'm so grateful for, but what's the rush? Like I can always go to school. I will always have that possibility. Even if I go to law school and I'm like, "Hmm, maybe I want to get my PhD after. I don't know. I can always go to school, but I'm young. I kind of want more life experience under my belt um, before I make this huge commitment that I know I want to do. So no rush. Yeah. A lot of respect for that. Let's go back to being a career ambassador. You've seen a lot of resumes, a lot of different types of resumes. You've had your own resume. We we talk about resumes in weekly meetings. We destroy resumes and <laughs> we do this all the time. What are maybe like the top three mistakes, common mistakes that you see students make on resumes? I think the biggest mistake right off the bat is they're not selling themselves. Of course, it's a piece of paper. And of course, it's going to be different than you being an interview and you being able to actually express verbally who you are. But this piece of paper needs to show your experience, your skills, what makes you unique. So right off the bat, I'm going to say the first thing is that profile summary. This is going to be the first thing usually an employer is going to read about you. So that's crucial to sell yourself there. We recently just actually had another career ambassador who's a national champion in uh, speech and debate. That's exactly what should be at the top of your resume, even if it's like not related to anything you're doing. That says a lot about you, the poise you probably have um, and the skills you got to do to get there. I would say the second is going to be bullets are crucial on the job descriptions. And I think Travis has really instilled this in my head that it should be telling the story of what you did at that job. So the duties and responsibilities along with skills you acquired from that job. So that's a really big section that I think you'll probably be improvising that section in every job for the rest of the time you're using a resume. It's probably always going to be changing and it should be changing to the job you're applying for. I think the third thing of resume is it should kind of have some of your personality on it, whether that's in the formatting. So maybe you're like a graphic designer, you should kind of have some spunkier layout. I'm not a techie person, so it does not reflect me in that way at all. But I kind of think in my awards and organizations, I kind of express a lot about who I am as a student and what I'm involved in and my interest. So yeah, those would be a couple mistakes I see. What has changed since you, once again, since you've so recently become an ambassador, like this is a really good opportunity for me to kind of ask you questions about like pre-ambassador, post-ambassador. When you, because you have to submit a resume and a cover letter to apply for the position. So what has changed in your thought process about your own documents from applying to like now? Yeah, I should whip out that original copy of my resume and cover letter just to see how far I've come. Oh boy, so much. I think just of what to include on a resume, I probably was lacking originally. And then my cover letter, I for sure did not explain why I would be a great contribution to X organization or company. I think that's commonly overlooked as like, what can you do for them and how will you benefit them? I probably just talked about an overlap between my resume and my cover letter, probably thinking about it now. But now that I know so much more about resumes and cover letters, what to include, I would would love to take a look. (laughs) 
Maybe you guys have it. Maybe I should look. I'm sure I do. Actually, <laughs> we we all say that though. All of us had terrible oh, God, application. Yeah. Like you, you, nobody is a resume expert until you get a job where you have to be a resume expert. So they were all bad, but you know, <laughs> that's why we're here. All my friends, all my roommates, I'm like, send me your resume. Oh, you, oh, I overheard you talking about that. Oh, I'd love to take a look at it before you submit it for a job. I also been like doing interview prep with my roommates as we're all seniors and about to enter the, the job field. And I'm always like sitting here having mock interviews with them like, oh, be prepared for this question. Oh, do you have a question prepared for them at the end? So I've kind of that's kind of been implemented in my life now. Well, okay. That's actually great. Like mock interviews are also good. We, Travis and I have sat in some really stinky interviews. Oh yes. Um, <laughs> recently actually. Um, so how do you help your friends? What do they struggle with? I think a big part of an interview is asking questions about them um, and about your place in their company. And I kind of have been hitting that really hard with one of my roommates who's entering a, a new position within a company. And I'm like, why don't you ask about what that's going to look like, what they want out of you in that position. I think it's also great to ask, how can you grow within that company? And what does turnover look like in that company? So I think us being young in college, we don't quite often know the full aspect of getting that job. So what it's going to look like in five years. So I think that's really overlooked. But I would also say at the end, I think always really important to and on a high note, and that's asking questions about them that they're not prepared for you to ask. So I always love like brainstorming those questions that they're going to ask with them that they're not expecting. Yeah, that's huge piece. Well, and that's such a power move for a, for a college graduate too, because honestly, for a lot of the people that hire college grads, most applicants see it as a test. Like if I get seven out of these 10 questions, right, I pass the test, they'll hire me. And as an interviewer, that is so boring to just, it's just, it's, you want it to be a conversation. So if you can do that, if you can start asking them questions and make them sweat a little bit, that is so much more fun to be across the table from somebody doing that than just somebody that you're trying to beg to give you information about them when you already really have it already in front of you. So yeah, that's really good advice you're giving your roommates. Cause that is, that's one of those things you come to the interview and you start dropping those kinds of questions they're going to remember you when you leave. And that's honestly, that's one of the biggest things in an interview is, are you memorable? And you can be memorable because you're terrible or you can be memorable because you're great. And if you're memorable because you're great, you got a real good chance of getting that job. And even if you don't get the job, they're going to tell other recruiters, you need to check out this kid. They're great. I also think with the technology we have nowadays, you should know so much about that company already. I'm an avid fan of looking up their employees on LinkedIn and seeing their experience, what they put about the job. I think, why not? You should know just about everything you can find on that company. And I think that already sets you apart is that if you know, let's say they have like a creed, the company has a creed, you should know that creed. You should say your favorite part of that creed. You should ask the employer their favorite part of the creed that they sign off to. So yeah, I think that's another vital part. Just our age, that's something you can already do that will set you apart. I've interviewed a lot of students in my lifetime here. And honestly, you are correct. The most memorable ones are the ones who ask good questions. Right off the top of my head, like I can think of like the top five students. And fun fact, I think three of the top five students were all political science majors. I'm not going to lie. They were definitely humanities uh, majors who were asking questions in the interview. So that that's an interesting thought to me. I like it. I know all you over there in Valk be thinking about questions. Anything else, Travis, before I ask? 
I always like to ask a student that's getting ready to graduate, like I know you've done a ton of stuff in the last four years. We've kind of talked about that. But if you could go back, what advice would you give little young Grace coming into Northwest? Freshman Grace. Yeah. Or other students coming in maybe in, in similar situations. I would say just say yes, because there are so many opportunities and doors that will open when you say yes. And maybe it's not what you expected, but I think if it's meant to be, it will be. Some of my most memorable experiences and positions I've ever held in the four years have been me saying yes, even though I didn't know what I was really signing up for when I said yes. But why not, A, make a new connection, B, learn something new, and figure out what you do and don't like. So yeah, that would be my advice to Grace, freshman Grace, or to anyone at Northwest or in college. All right, Grace, what does it mean to you to be a Bearcat? Being a Bearcat to me is representing Northwest Missouri State anywhere you are. I think we have something about us, whether it's our civility we practice, our care for academics, our organizations, our service and community. I think Bearcats have that about them everywhere and whoever you meet kind of has that same notable characteristic. I think Northwest is a small community. Maryville is a small community. And I think that kind of instills a lot of our values as students that we get here. We're small. We care. It's my home away from home. I'm from a small town and I get kind of the same um, feeling about Maryville. But Bearcats are just super well-rounded individuals, I believe. So at the end of the interview, I give all my guests this season a platform to share what they want to share. So share, Grace. This is your spot. Share anything. Anything. What's in your head? What's in your heart? whatever you got to say. I would say I'm going to miss Northwest like no other. Hopefully you don't see me around in a couple of years, or maybe that's a good thing if you do. I don't know. But I will say that I would choose Northwest over and over and over and over again. It was the greatest four years I've had. And I can't imagine the opportunities that I participated at Northwest. I can't imagine getting it anywhere else. That's my, that's my spiel. That's my soapbox. That's fantastic. That's a great way to end too. So we know you're going to do big and awesome things. So remember Northwest when, when you're, you know, studying international law and you're a big (laughs) deal and you've got the big corner office in the penthouse, you know, we know you're bound for good things. So remember us when you hit that, the big time. (laughs) Thank you so much, Grace, for being on the podcast. Thanks guys. This was awesome. Great first podcast experience. (laughs) Excellent. All right. Well, that will do it for another episode of Behind the Bearcat, and we'll talk to you next time.